You're listening to the podcast Bible Companion series by author P.H. Thompson. This is a chronological Bible study going chapter by chapter, discovering Christ in all of Scripture. This is Job chapter 23. Verses 1 through 9. Job would like to state his case before God, but cannot find him. Job turns from his friends to the just judgment of God. He complains because God's hand is heavy on him in spite of his groaning. He wistfully longs, if only I knew where to find him, if only I could go to his dwelling. It's been said that the words, if only, are the saddest words in the world. They express longing for something unattainable or regret for something in the past that was not achieved or cannot be rectified. Job uses courtroom language because he understands he is dealing with the judge of the universe. He wants his day in court. He says, I would state my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would find out what he would answer me and consider what he would say to me. Would he vigorously oppose me? No, he would not press charges against me. He was sure he would get a fair hearing and be vindicated. There the upright can establish their innocence before him, and there I would be delivered forever from my judge. The problem was, Job couldn't find him, no matter where he looked. But if I go to the east, he is not there. If I go to the west, I do not find him. When he is at work in the north, I do not see him. When he turns to the south, I catch no glimpse of him. No geographical search will locate him. This was the claim of the communist persecutors behind the Iron Curtain. They'd say, we've been to outer space. God was not there. And this was Job's worst affliction. We can bear anything as long as we feel the presence of God. David also felt abandoned by God at times. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? That's Psalm 13.1. This was also the ultimate suffering of Christ on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Job didn't know where to find him, but we do. The mercy seat is the throne of God, where Jesus sits at the right hand of God. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. God withdraws from us in order for us to have a greater sense of our need of him, to whet our appetite for deeper fellowship with him, and to focus our hope on our future vindication and glorification. Until then, we groan. Romans 8.23 says, Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. Verses 10-12, to Job is assured he is known by God and will pass this test. Although he doesn't know where God is, He is sure that God knows where he is and where he is going. He says, but he knows the way that I take. And this knowledge is what calms our souls when we are confused and in a fog. God has not abandoned us, even if it feels as if he has. Whenever I've been lost, I've prayed, Lord, I don't know where I am, but you do. And he would lead me out. Then we have what could be the theme verse of the entire book of Job. When he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. 
and that's why I've entitled this book Tested as Gold. This was the third of his three great statements of faith in the midst of suffering. The first was, Though he slay me, yet I will hope in him. The second was, I know my Redeemer lives. And he gives the analogy of gold being purified in a heated pot. The impurities rise to the surface to be scraped off, leaving nothing but pure gold. He is sure that after he has come through this furnace of affliction, his faith will be intact. And the same is true for all believers. 1 Peter 1.7 says, These trials have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. And he is sure of this because he holds to his integrity. God pointed it out to Satan. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil, and he still maintains his integrity, though you incited me against him to ruin him without any reason. Job's own wife was shocked at it. His wife said to him, Are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. Job knew his friends were trying to destroy his reputation and begged them, Relent, do not be unjust. Consider, for my integrity is at stake. He will later insist, I will never admit that you are in the right. Till I die, I will not deny my integrity. Integrity is the consistency of our characters in public and in private. And although it's true that evil people can also be consistently evil in both public and private, integrity relates to the positive virtues of honesty, truthfulness, and uncompromising adherence to strong moral and ethical principles and values. So the reason Job had a clear conscience was because he knew how it he felt about obeying God. My feet have closely followed his steps. I have kept to his way without turning aside. I have not departed from the commands of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. At this point in time, as far as we know, there weren't written scriptures. Yet it was a culture with an oral tradition, and the stories from the beginning would have been passed on to them. These were the words of God that were treasured by Job. This has been the testimony of God's people through the ages. Jeremiah said, When your words came, I ate them, and they were my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name, Lord God Almighty. The psalmist describes the blessed man, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. And of course, all of Psalm 119 is about our relationship to the Word of God. And before they entered the Promised Land, God told the children of Israel through Joshua, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Verses 13 to 17, Job fears God. Yet at this present time, Job feels God is distant, silent. God's absence is not only puzzling to Job, but terrifying. Job's friends told him to fear God's justice. Job fears his silence. God is unique and 
in his being and power, and no one can oppose him. He is carrying out his decrees and plans against Job unopposed. And this is true. Scripture testifies to it. Psalm 115.3 says, Our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. Job is resigned to it, but fears there is more in store for him yet. This is what causes him to be afraid of God. His heart is faint because God has terrified him. Even though he is in the darkness, he still feels he can speak. Job's worst fear now is that God will ignore him. In spiritual darkness, we have only this command, trust and obey. Whenever this is our experience, we need to remember not just the end of the book of Job, but the end of the Bible. We are on the winning side. Scarlet Threads So what scarlet threads or hints of Jesus Christ or application to the gospel do we find in this chapter? Job trusted in the just judgment of God. We may be slandered, but all will be made clear on the day of judgment. Job maintained his integrity. Jesus was known for his integrity. They sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know that you are a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. While in this case his enemies were attempting to flatter him in order to trick him, it was nevertheless true of him. Hebrews 7.26 says, For such a high priest was fitting for us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens. Paul set himself up as an example of integrity and sincerity in his ministry. Now this is our boast. Our conscience testifies that we have conducted ourselves in the world, and especially in our relations with you, with integrity and godly sincerity. We have done so, relying not on worldly wisdom, but on God's grace. And that's why he could encourage Titus to be a teacher with integrity. In everything, set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned, so that those who oppose you may be ashamed, because they have nothing bad to say about us. Integrity should characterize believers as well. Job was terrified by God's omnipotence. We need to have a proper fear of God. You've been listening to the Bible podcast Bible Companion series by author P.H. Thompson. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and comment. Continue listening for Job chapter 24. May God bless the study of his word.